It is September 1st, 2016, and for some reason, that makes it feel like in baseball world, things are a lot more serious than they were just 24 hours ago. This is the StuPod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I am Chris Swick. Chris, does it feel different to you? I mean, it's almost like asking you, like, on your birthday, do you feel a year older? But does it feel like, oh, it's September now, everything is more real? I think so. I think it'll definitely sink in maybe a week or two from now when suddenly you're like, oh, you know, Team X has to make up three games in the next 16 days. Yeah. That That's when it really ramps up for me. But yeah, there, I guess there's something special about September baseball. Sure. I'm still I'm still kind of waiting for Labor Day. I still feel like Labor Day is sort of the... Labor Day is a yeah. nice cutoff for that, yeah. So we're a couple days away from Labor Day still, but uh, nonetheless, probably a good time for us on the podcast this week to talk about some of the biggest storylines of September and to give our predictions of, of how they're going to play out. Obviously, we don't know the answers to everything, or else we would just we would just give you the answers. If we just knew, like if we knew whether the Royals were going to be able to pull off what they're trying to pull off and make the playoffs, like I would just tell you. Like I, I wouldn't mind spoiling that for you, but the truth is, I wouldn't. Know. We don't know. I'd be like back the Back to the Future situation. Great with the almanac. almanac. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd just make myself a ton of money, <laughs> retire to a nice private island somewhere. Like told y'all, I told you guys <laughs> the Orioles were going to win the World Series in 2016. Just like Biff. And then you and you've been playing it off all year by hating on the Orioles. Exactly. And then, and then but secretly setting us all up because you you've bet like a million dollars on them to win. And then you're just going to disappear. Don't just hate on me for the Orioles, though, because I don't remember you putting them, putting them all that high in your predictions. That's true. So that's true. So uh, let's let's just get right into this. Um, we we've mapped out a number of storylines that I think are are going to be big in the next month or so, and we're going to run through them and uh, try to say what we think is going to happen. And we'll start with the first one: a guy by the initials of CK and. Uh, this might be the only podcast in, in the sports world this week where we're not talking about Colin Kaepernick, but instead Clayton Kershaw. Um, Chris, do you think we see Clayton Kershaw contribute to the Dodgers this season? And uh, I guess regardless of that answer, are they going to win the West? My answer to both questions is yes. Uh, the Kershaw thing was, I think, a little scarier a couple weeks ago. It now seems like He's definitely on his way back and has made progress, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him on the mound in the next couple weeks. Yeah, the last uh, update, far, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I agree with you. I think the last update was encouraging. It sounded like his, his last time he was throwing, you know, was progressing finally after, after kind of all these stalled updates. So uh, it sounds like we're kind of on the way to hearing uh, or seeing kind of Clayton Kershaw back with the Dodgers. As far as them winning the division, I I mean I I guess I, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what type of analysis to give here because they've played better without him, they've played better without Yasiel Puig. Uh, Rich Hill really hasn't pitched much for them, so a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. It certainly feels like uh, the Giants have have just really kind of faltered lately, and that's that's been part of the big reason for the Dodgers surge. Uh, I mean they are playing well, obviously. But it definitely helps that the Giants have kind of gone into this slump. So I guess I'm willing to ride that out, especially if they're going to get Kershaw back in a couple weeks. But I, I say that with not a ton of confidence. What about you? Corey Seager, man, right? I mean, Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, Corey Seager. I, 
I still like the Giants. Like, I don't think the Giants are a complete dumpster fire. I think they're kind of going through a little bit of a funk. Uh, granted, it's been kind of a two-month funk. So I, I don't think that, you know, they're just done for. Um, but at this point, the way things are going, I, I think that if I'm looking at that division, I feel like the Dodgers are probably going to win and the Giants are probably going to end up in a wild card. Um, you know, whether that means the, the Giants will go on a postseason run, I, you know, I still think they're a capable team to do that. So I'm not counting them out. I'm just thinking the way, the way things have, have shaked out recently and what we've seen from the Dodgers with the limited resources uh, in terms of personnel that they have, like I think that they're in a position where um, you know, they, they have a better chance to win the division. It just doesn't make any sense to me because the Giants, I look at them on paper and I think they're just the, the better team. I just see fewer holes there. Like Andrew Tolls is carrying the Dodgers in some ways, and that that doesn't make any sense. Like some so, days it seems like they're just they're just figuring out who's going to pitch that day. Like, yeah, like right, like, that like too. it's the Sandlot thing. Like uh, you, you're, how does your arm feel? Okay, you pitch today. You know, like it literally well, seems like I mean, what the Dodgers it, are doing. It happened. It happened yesterday with Rich Hill, right? He was supposed to start Game Two of the doubleheader, and then they were just like, "Oh, his blister is bad." And this was hours before the game. Yeah, and somehow so, they're, somehow they're they're doing it. All right, the next one, uh, they've, they've been on a surge lately. Do you think the Royals have a chance? That's open-ended. Do they have a chance to do what? I don't know whether it's win the division, make the playoffs. Do the Royals, who I think a lot of people counted out at the trade deadline, are they going to do something? I'm going to say yes, they have a chance at a wild card spot. And uh, I don't know what I'm basing that on. I'm basing that on, I, I look at... So the leaders for the wild card right now are Boston, and then Baltimore and Detroit are tied. And Kansas City's three games out. So Detroit and Baltimore definitely have flaws in my mind. And I, and I can't say I've thought of either of them as a great team all season. And so I just can I feel confident just lumping Kansas City in there as well. Flawed team, but other flawed teams are in contention, so why the hell not? The, the team you didn't mention in there is basically the Yankees are ahead of the Royals. So when I think of the fact that the Yankees are ahead of the Royals, to me that says I just, I just can't justify the Royals as a playoff team at this point. And I think mainly it's because of the pitching. You know, they, they've obviously lost Probably. some players because of injury. And they've, they've had a rough season. And, you know, they've, they've been good lately. But I don't know. I feel like there's there's enough teams ahead of them that are that are pretty good. And, uh, you know, we didn't mention the Astros. I think the Astros are in that position, too. Um, uh, as I'm looking at it, I, I think the, you know, for those two spots, Red Sox, Orioles, Tigers, Astros, I think are all, you know, more suited than, than the Royals at this point. And, of course, that's probably what fuels them, right? Like, the, no one believes yeah. in them. And that's, and that's right. I'm probably signing the the playoff ticket for the Royals right now as I say all this. But, I just don't see. I just don't think they have the pitching to pull it off this year. I've been burned by the Royals' magic in the past, so maybe I'm a little gun shy there as well. But yeah, I just I, I think getting or I don't know honing in on one of the points you made. I mean, we didn't mention the Mariners. They're four games out, so they're only a game back of, of Kansas City. And I think we're just at a spot where one one big week makes suddenly makes one of these teams a much stronger contender because a few weeks ago the Mariners they they went on this run they had a tremendous August and suddenly people were talking about them as the hot team and now they've kind of fallen back and so it's like you know Kansas City if they win five games next week 
all of a sudden we're going nuts. And the same thing can be said of, of Baltimore, Detroit. I mean, it's it's just it's on a weekly basis at this point. So let's let's kind of stay in that range and say, which two teams do you think win the AL wild card? I think the two strongest teams are probably Boston and I, I guess Houston. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I don't know if you agree. I don't know how you feel. I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm overlooking the Tigers, but um, I don't know if you have a particularly hot take on, on them. So I, I, I don't. I, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how the, the Tigers are, are you know, doing it in the sense of, like, I'm not really fond of their pitching either. Obviously, their lineup is great. So when we're talking about it in the context of the Royals, right, like it's one of the reasons I think that the Tigers are, you know, have a much better chance than like said the Royals. I mean, their, their lineup is always going to play. I mean, they're always going to hit. So I feel like they're they're right there. Um, I, I guess to me, like the question is like who's going to win the AL East first of all? And I kind of feel like the Red Sox will. So yeah, I'm, they I'm, might. I'm going to yeah. go ahead and put them up there, and then I'm going to say that my wild card teams are the Blue Jays and the Astros. That that that's what I'm going. I think the Tigers could be right there, but I don't know. I, the Orioles have been shaky lately, and you know there's there's some parts of them that have been doing really well. So I'm going to continue to hate on the Orioles, I guess, and you'll prove us all right, Chris, when you win the million dollars. I know. Well, the the Chris Tillman injury really hurts them because he was one of their few reliable pitchers. So that that one stinks. Um, they got Ubaldo. Yeah. As far as the Tigers, I don't know. I, I get. I need to do some more research there because uh, Justin Verlander's been great. Michael Fulmer's been great. I, I know we questioned the pitching earlier in the season. You just questioned the pitching five minutes ago, but I think it's been better <laughs> than like people have ago. anticipated. So, yeah. so who are your two teams? I picked mine. I I Blue picked mine. I said I said Boston and and the Astros. Oh, okay. But if if Boston wins the the AL East, I agree with you. I think Toronto is the the wild card. So boring. We agree. Too boring. <laughs> last uh, last AL topic, and, and and I say this with sort of a shrug. So the Rangers are the best team, huh? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I don't know what to make of them. I really don't because uh, they're a team I've liked all. Well, I picked them to win the World Series before the year started. So maybe that's clouding my judgment. I I would like to be right. Because uh, it's better than being wrong. I think you look at the team they put on the field on paper and the second half acquisitions of Jonathan Lucroy and Carlos Beltran, and that's a really strong lineup. There's maybe some question about the back end of the pitching rotation, but uh, it's it's tough to get better than Cole Hamels and Yu Darvish as a one-two punch. Yeah. The problem is their their run differential is not great, that's and what it I was leads you say. to believe. Yeah, it leads you to believe that they're they're playing over their heads, um, but then on paper I look at them and I think yeah that that's a good team. So I look at the I look at the AL and I see the run differential right. You see the the, the Red Sox have the best one twenty one, uh, or uh, the Blue Jays are one hundred six. Uh, Indians are ninety four, which is kind of surprising because you don't think of the Indians as you know some some big you know offensive muscle team. But uh, even the Astros are, are plus 51, and, and the Rangers are down there at plus 22, which, I mean, not that different than the Mariners. Um, I'm, I'm going to go and, and look at, like, the, the NL real quick, and, you know, that, like, that's like what the Rockies are. You know, actually, the Rockies, the Rockies have a better run differential than, than the Rangers. 
And maybe that's aided by playing in Coors Field. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it just strikes me as odd that we're, that we're, people are just like, oh, yeah, they're the best team in the AL now. And, I mean, the record obviously shows that they've won 80 games, which is uh, four more than, than any other team in the American League as we, as we talk right now. Um, and on paper, you're right. They sound like a, a, a great team. I'm just having trouble buying it. I don't know. I, I guess I can see them being one of those teams that, you know, has the most wins. Um, everyone's just like, yeah, they're great, and then just get knocked out in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I don't yeah. know why I think that. I just They just kind of strike me as that team. Well, the, the AL certainly seems a lot more wide open. I mean, yeah. I, I could see any of those teams winning in a, in a short series. I will say, looking at Texas, the, you know, when you brought up that they're just completely outperforming their run differential, I my first thought was, well, maybe maybe it's because their bullpen's great, and that's allowed them to win some close games and games that we don't expect them to win. But looking at Fangraphs, their their bullpen is ranked 27th in the league by WAR, so that that doesn't hold up. That's not a good argument, and that just makes it a little more. Uh, inexplicable in my mind. So I, 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 yeah, I stopped I short of comparing them to the Angels of a couple of years ago. You know when they just kind of ran away with things and then just got, you know, their butts kicked by the by the Royals. Um, you know I think the Rangers are probably better than that, but I, I, I also don't know that I buy them as a team that's, um, you know, the best team in the American League right now. Here's the thing: all your points are logical and they matter, but I think I've just got the Rangers blinders on because <laughs> I I want to be right, so I want to believe that they're doing better than the numbers say. Could be. So there um, you go. Let's let's do another National League topic here. Uh, one one we just did actually with the American League. Who are your NL wild card teams? It's another you know I think pretty tight race. There's a lot of a lot of teams that that could be in the playoffs. Um, Right now, it is the Giants in the first spot and the Cardinals in the second spot with the Mets a game and a half back, Pirates two and a half behind that, the Marlins three and a half. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, the Rockies. The Rockies are only six and a half out of the, the wild card. And uh, I don't I don't think that's happening. But, uh, Chris, who, who are your two teams? Oh, I don't know, man. It, it's hard. The, here's the thing with the Mets. It's hard because if you follow anyone – who roots for the who root for the Mets on Twitter? It's anguish all the time, and so I didn't even expect them to be this close when I looked at the standings today. Um, yeah, you would think like that they're like down there by the Diamondbacks or something, right? I, mean, Just I figured they were like six games out or something. Yeah, but they're only one and a half out yeah. as we as we speak. Um, I don't understand the the St. Louis thing again. There's they're somehow still hanging around. And then the Giants have just gone into this collapse. I, I would say uh, I expect the Giants to get in. And then I'm really torn between the other two teams. So can you persuade me in, in either direction? See, I'm going to go. I'm going to do the same thing you said, but about the Cardinals. Because like, I, I guess I feel like I see enough the Cardinals lost again posts on Deadspin. Yeah. That I'm just like, oh yeah, they've they've lost a lot of games and I mean they've they're seventy and sixty two, so it's not like, you know, they're like twenty games over five hundred or anything, but um you know, you just assume that they're gonna be like, Oh yeah, they they're not doing that good. Oh no, they're a wild card team. Um so thanks thanks Deadspin and thanks Mets Twitter, right, for for shading our uh our expectations a little bit. I I don't know. I still I still don't love the Cardinals, and I feel like I get this bites me every year. But um, 
I don't. And I like the Mets. I feel like the Mets, um, even without Matt Harvey and even with all the injuries they've had, um, you know, I feel like they 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 could be that team. And I don't know. What what I really want to say is I really want to root for the Pirates, Chris. I really want to say the Pirates can do it. I know. And I, I might know. be. I might. I might just talk myself into it right now. I, I, but then there's Garrett Cole's elbow and. I don't know. McCutcheon really hasn't been that great this yeah. year. Yeah, and then, then then it's the Marlins, and you're like, oh, the Marlins. No, I'm not picking the Marlins. So I think if you know if you uh, if you put a gun to my head, which you would never do because you're just you're a nice guy, uh, I I would probably go with the Cardinals right now. But again, I don't know if that's just because the Mets people on Twitter have gotten into my head, and I just assume doom and gloom. Run differential for the Cardinals is plus seventy nine. That's that's pretty good. Hey, that's good. Um, I I, I think you I'm have gonna, to choose. I think I'm going to go Giants Mets, man. All right. Well, go there Giants, it is. Mets. At least at least then we don't agree, you know. Right. Um. All right. So what's next on our list? Oh, speaking of those those teams in the NL Central, and uh, maybe this is one of the reasons that. We just think the Cardinals are bad because the Cubs are so damn good. Yeah. Right? I mean, the Cubs are just, right. like, ridiculous. Um, so let's see where they're at. They are right now 80, 85, 85 wins. Um, yeah. So they are on pace for 104 wins this season. So the, the question that I have for you, Chris, is how many, how many games do they win? I don't think at this point it's a question they win the division. Like I think of any team, they pretty much have it made. The question is, how many games are they actually going to win? Okay, you said their pace is 104, right? 104. I'm going to say 102 um, because they can probably afford to rest a little bit down the stretch. Maybe, and I'm not saying that you know Joe Madden's going to start a bunch of scrubs like five straight games, but uh, you know maybe there's a reliever who is a little sore and you decide eh, is it really worth it to throw him in this game let's let's push him to the next game or maybe you know chris bryant has uh a little toe injury or something that he would usually play through i just feel like there are going to be opportunities to rest guys and so i'm not going to go over that 104 and i'm not going to go at that 104 i'm going to go just under you know what i'm gonna say man no, I'm not. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna be like 106, 118, 118. But um, I, I don't think. I mean, the pace that they're on, I think, was aided by a, a really, really, really good August. I think they were like 22 and six or something like that. So I just, I don't see them. I don't see them keeping that up. Um, but they're far and away the best team to me in the National League. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I would have gone 102 if you didn't go 102. I'm gonna go 101. I'll. I'll I'll underrate them a little bit, I think, because um, I agree with you. I mean, maybe they'll they'll have they'll have the opportunity to kind of step off a little bit, and you know, I guess it depends on if they want to. You know, maybe they just like let's just keep going, let's just not give up. Let's you know, Joe Joe Madden is RV. Like, I'm just gonna go as fast as this thing will take me, man. Isn't that something yeah. Joe Madden would do? Like, let's just see how fast this RV goes. Yeah, he would. There'd be some slogan, and he'd sell some T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go 101 on the Cubs, but uh, I, I feel like also they're probably the only team that's gonna break 100, right? I don't think anyone else is. The, yeah, that makes sense. To I don't me. think the Rangers. I don't, I don't think the Rangers will. All right, so uh, I I don't want to do too heavy on awards, but I do want to do. I guess what I feel like is probably the most interesting award. 
who do you think is the AL MVP? Um, you have. Do I have? Do well, I have to choose? Do, you, do, you, do I have to choose today? Do you not? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, who do you? This they were predicting. Who do you think is gonna is gonna win the AL MVP? Um, well, and a lot of these teams, I feel like, are are in the hunt. So I'll go through. I'll go through some contenders for you. All right. uh, Mike Trout, of course, perennial, but um, also having another fantastic year. Uh, Josh Donaldson, the reigning MVP, having a having a good year as well. Jose Altuve, probably the, you know, I, I'm not going to say the most surprising of the, of the group, but uh, I, I would probably say, you know, pretty surprising amongst this group of people. Um, and uh, Mookie Betts, who has 30 home runs, you know, sort of amazing there. Uh, hitting 320, he's having a having a great year. Chris, where you at? Boy, I don't know because I, I guess I should say Manny Machado too, huh? Manny Machado. It, it really changes every day. Like you had that one day a couple a couple days ago. You had a set of games a couple days ago where Josh Donaldson hit three home runs in a game. Then Mookie Betts had like what four home runs in two games. I think it was Jose Altuve like had games. a home run. Yeah. Yeah, like Jose Altuve had a home run the same day as the Donaldson thing, and it's just like every day one of these guys is, is taking a step forward. If you look at it by Fangraph's war, which I, I like to look at, um, Mike Trout is, is in the lead with a 7.7 war, but then Betts and Altuve have 6.7, and they're both 3 and 4. So that's, that's within the margin of error for me, where... They're all pretty serious contenders. I would say, looking over the numbers, the thing that hurts bets for me a little bit is his on-base percentage is much lower than, than these guys. Um, the other three guys, they're all reaching base at an over 400 clip. So I guess, for me, that makes it a three-player race. or three player race, And uh, I really don't know where to go with it. I, I'm, I could be talked into any of them. I like Altuve, man. And maybe I'm just buying into the, the fact that he's this little guy who, you know, changed up his game and whatnot. But I mean, he's carried that team pretty much all year. Um, you know, they've, they've gotten better lately. But he's been he's been great when they were bad. He's been great when they were good. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm all about it, man. I'm I'm all I'm on Team Altuve. Well, Altuve is. See, I don't know, because Betts now, the narrative is is really kind of honing in on him, I think because part of the Boston thing. But Altuve is, is kind of, or should be, the best story here because the power surge is unbelievable, like you said. He was on this team when they were winning 50 games a season. Um, and he's just a fun guy to watch. I think maybe something that could hurt him is... Um, defensive positioning just playing second base i think it's probably more valuable to be trout or donaldson and and play what i deem to be a more premium position um i mean i guess i'm probably leaning trout at this point but but i really trout is not going to get it in my mind because people are going to use that narrative that he doesn't play for a playoff team and in, I don't know. In my mind, the, the narrative is going far away from Trout to where I think Donaldson, Altuve, and Betts may have the, the better shot at this point, at least among people who, who vote and who buy into that. So what you're saying is Mike Trout is going to get robbed again. Again. You're going to be one of those people. For, like, 
how many years has he been in the league? In the fifth consecutive year, he will get robbed. But but I no, do he think won. he we he's won it, man. He won. But I do think in, in the past I've been a lot more um, stubborn about that in saying that Trout should have won. And this year I'm definitely like, oh, it's so close that that I could I could excuse someone for for not voting Trout. Yeah, I feel like. His, I mean, obviously he leads in, in on-base percentage, but, you know, Altuve's not right there, but close. And I don't feel like, you know, there's one of those things where, where Trout has these numbers that just far exceed everybody else. No, um, you're right. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're all pretty close, so. Well, um, Altuve's like, you look at his, his slash line, and he's got the best average of the bunch. He's got the second best on base of the bunch, and then the second best slugging. So it's kind of like, I don't know, does, does the term splitting the baby work there? Where he's like, he's either first or second, he's not third in any of those things. And I've so actually he, never heard that phrase before. Oh, all right, well. Is it, is it like a, a Midwest thing that I just don't know? It's No, it's not a Midwest thing. Is it a Pokemon but I don't know, thing? Just, it's not a Pokemon thing, no. All right. I would say uh, when... When looking over the MVP candidates, uh, you got to catch them all. And oh, by geez. M, I mean their stats. You got to catch all their stats. Team Altuve, I tried, man. I know. I tried to force that. Yeah. I'm just. I just let it go, and I just moved on. That's what I'm I did. Team, Chris. I'm yeah. Team Trout for now, but uh, mm. six hours from now, I might change my answer. Nerds. <laughs> let's uh, let's go talk to Bad News Ramen. Let's let's do some three strikes, and then Chris and I will be back with uh, some important questions. I don't know how important they're going to be, but uh, they'll definitely be questions. This is the Stew Pod on Yahoo Sports. Welcome back to the Stew Pod. It is time that we talk to my main man, Bad News Ramen. He is the malice to my pusher T. It's time for three strikes. What's up? That sounds horrible. Pusher T. Wasn't that guy like popping? Can, can I be like your rapping forte to somebody like E40 or something like that? They're not a duo. Of, they're not a real actual <laughs> duo, man. Do you, you, you guys like the clips? Huh? I, I I I don't know what that is anymore, dude. I'm I'm an old man, dude. I mean, I'm I'm listening. I just listened to Tribe Called Quest and MF Doom. That's my MO. Been around for like ten years, man. Yeah, I know, I know, but yeah. Anyways, so let's 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 get off that topic because that that's that's something that we have to delve <laughs> into a, a lot later. All right. You know, not not that not that there's anything wrong with it, dude. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stay very calm, collected, and I'm gonna try to be very positive today. So I'm gonna talk <laughs> in a slow voice, and you know, I, I, there's a lot of I got so much trouble on my mind. Refuse to lose. You, know, you see, I threw some public enemy in there, dude. There you go. Yeah, you remember that song, right? Yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the Terror Dome, dude. One of the best songs ever. So what's strike number one, sir? <laughs> so strike number one, seeing how seeing how you couldn't re- really deal with that segue, I threw a loop at you. Uh, strike number one. Uh, let's talk about uh, Mr. Uh, Timothy uh, Tebow. Oh. And there's a, there is a lot of uh, well, I don't, I don't know if there's a lot, but you know, there, there's a couple of haters out there. You know, a couple of managers coming out saying like, you know, Tebow's kind of disrespecting the game. How can this oh. guy take ten years off of of baseball? Yeah, I'm not saying it; they're saying it. But you know, like, how can a guy take ten years off of baseball and think he can waltz right back in there and do it? Um, 
I believe there's only there are only two teams. One of them being the Oakland A's. Um, maybe Baltimore's the other one. I'm not Chicago sure. Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs. Okay, yeah. So you know, <laughs> there's a there's a big uh, you know the t- talk about a tale of two cities, right? Like Chicago Cubs is number one, and Oakland is like uh, on on a daily basis, kind of wallowing in the mire. Um, but Tim Tebow trying out. I mean, they're, they're, they're okay. It's a media circus, right? Okay, I get that. You know, you, you have a lot of teams coming out to to kind of take a look at them. I mean, like, why the heck not, right? It's like it's Tim Tebow. Who cares? The whole thing is like, you know, this guy. You know, he has probably maybe three minutes left of his five minutes of fame, and he's he's accomplished a lot more than regular people like you and me. Um, my my whole thing is like, if if people are gonna go, if if he's gonna go to a baseball park and try out and people are going to show up and you know, he's probably going to get signed, you know, by having, by having like no ilk of talent whatsoever, but they're going to sign him just because they want to join that media circus that he creates more power to him. I mean, I, I don't understand. Like, I mean, everything is such space. I mean, everybody's like so vitriolic now, right? It's like, oh, Dean Tebow shouldn't be. I was like, dude, just chill out. I mean, if, if there's an Avenue for this guy to make money, if, if he, he knows what his brand is and he knows that, you know, he's going to get a bunch of eyes on him and he may sell tickets here and there. Let, let him do it. I have no problem with it. I, I don't understand why people are getting all crazy about this guy. Uh, you know, I, I'm not crazy about it. I, I said that I don't think he has a chance to make it. In oh, the big I, I think, I think he has, he has much of a chance as Michael Jordan, right? Which is to say not a lot. Yes. Um, so I'm not I'm not necessarily mad at it. I mean I think I think the circus is fun. Like I I, I enjoy the circus. I think circus is great. But um, I don't know. I, I we wrote a post the other day and I think it's true. I mean he's already won because he got his deal with Adidas. Right? Adidas gave him a endorsement. And does it really matter what happens now? Like no. Uh, I mean if yeah if someone is, is if someone is stupid enough to uh, if Adidas is stupid. I mean if Adidas is stupid enough and they want to be the redheaded stepchild of Nike. Uh, by throwing this guy a, a deal, I mean that just shows the stupidity of Adidas, right? What I'm really mad about Tim Tebow is it has nothing to do with baseball. Like he ruined that that one TV show. Like there's that one, uh, it's that house like redesign show, and you probably don't know about because you don't watch TV anymore. But it's like some like you should know it because the guy that like rebuilds his houses, these houses, he's like this Canadian guy, and his name is Mike. And uh, the, you know he he was he was a guest host on that show for the whole season, and then you know I I like that guy Mike, you know because I, I like watching his shows, but. He ruined that show. So I, I'm mad about Tim Tebow about that. But, you know, <laughs> the circus is the circus. And, uh, you know, he has a pipe dream. And, uh, you know, and you fully flaunted that by making a by making a pipe, Super Mario pipe, and him jumping into the pipe and stuff. So good for you, man. You you, you, you tackled that head on, and, and you did a good job. That, that actually wasn't, like, meant to be a, a, as much of a metaphor as you just explained. It was just he was jumping in the air, and I thought it would be funny to have well, him. Well, that's where I come yeah. in, right? Because yeah. I, I find metaphors where metaphors don't happen, right? <laughs> So you know we you know you did something good I did something good Tim Tebow is doing something good for himself. What's strike two? Strike two is uh, so Noah Syndergaard uh, kind of uh, put out a tweet you know saying like telling all the fans at City Field to like you know thanks for showing up you know but whoever started the wave you know you need to stop this that and this. Yeah. And then uh, within the story itself that uh, Big League Stew wrote uh, oh, they had a vi- you know he kind of had a video that is you guys. Uh, I do listen to the kind of underhanded comments that you make. Um, but, uh, you know, there was a video that he put out in terms of, like, you know, city field etiquette, right? Like, what to do and what not to do. And it, and in the beginning, when I first saw this thing, you know, I I was being vitriolic myself. I was like, dude, I'm like, who is this guy to, to, to tell people not to do the wave? If someone wants to try to catch a foul ball and it gets in the way of a player, I mean, they bought a ticket, do whatever the heck they want to do. But I'm going to go on record right now 
And I'm going to say that I fully support Noah Syndergaard and his rules of etiquette and not doing the wave. And here's the reason why. We in, live in a world right now where the foundation is breaking down, Mitchell. You know, I mean, I, I'm walking, I'm walking in, a, in a grocery store parking lot, which is never fun. I mean, when you have to visit like eight grocery store parking lots, it's, it's, that's hell on earth, dude. I mean, you're talking about bad driving. And when you throw in like a Walmart parking, parking lot on top of that, it, it's just bad. And I, I got, you know, there was a, 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 a homophobic slur that was thrown my way today. And I'm going like, okay, I mean, if that makes you feel good about yourself <laughs> by, by throwing a homophobic slur at me, the bad news ramen, uh, go ahead and do it. I was walking my dogs the other day, right? And so I'm walking these dogs, and I, I have this crazy lady that's circling around my neighborhood. And, man, she's cussing up a storm at me. You know, she's saying she's going to call the cops on me because I have a smile on my face. And she says she's going to, like, kill me and all this stuff. And while while she's walking by, this other lady's, like, walking up behind me. There's a bike coming up behind me as well. So you have this crazy lady coming coming at me face on. There's there's a bike behind me, and there's, a, there's another lady walking. Now, if you ever walked dogs before, two things you don't do. Number one, you don't ride your bike next to a a dog because when you ride a bike next to the dog the dog will attack you especially if you're coming up behind him the second thing you do is you don't get closer to my dog while there's a bike there and while there's a lady yelling at me because my dog's already on the on the defensive because their master is getting yelled at so they're ready to defend and this lady just decides right on to, to to blindside my big dog right dog my dog doesn't even see her and she walks by and all of a sudden my dog turns around there's this lady right here after he he see he hears this bike the bike spokes going after he hears this this lady like yelling and so what my dog does is he jumps up and he looks her man this lady almost like fell over dude she's like dog saliva dude i can't stand it so you have all of these rules that that people aren't following right i have homophobic slurs being thrown at me i have some lady like walking two blocks down after, after she's getting like my dog didn't bite you even though you're in the wrong because you snuck up on my dog and man this saliva she's trying to write this slide it's like super saliva right I'm she's wait, still I'm trying to write the in the guard part well, here's here's what I'm getting to. Noah Syndergaard says this is the way you're supposed to act. Don't don't ever. And here's the other thing too, right? I, I'm I'm on a mood right now, right? I'm feeling positive about myself. I'm, I'm trying to get all this negative energy out, and you want to cut me off talking about Noah Syndergaard. You're in the wrong there too. What I'm trying to say is that there's rules in life. Number one is don't throw a homophobic slur at me without me picking up a rock and putting it through your window shield. Number two is don't sneak up on my dog and get all mad when my dog licks you. Number three, whatever Noah Syndergaard says in terms of what you're supposed to do in City Field, in terms of what etiquette is and what the rules are, follow that to a T because we're going to start with Noah Syndergaard's rules in, in the, on the baseball field, and that's going to make the world a better place. Nobody follows rules anymore. It's time for Noah Syndergaard to, to stand up on the mountain, say this is the way you're going to act in City Field. If you don't act that way, you're going to be kicked out, and the world's going to be a, the rule to be a worse place. Noah Syndergaard is making the world a better place by giving you rules, and we've got to start following those rules. So are, are you then saying that Noah Syndergaard is like the superhero that we should all listen to? He's our he's – No, our, no he, he has to look. He's our Avenger. He, 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 has, he has a long – yeah, which comes out – you know, uh, Captain America comes out on, uh, on Friday. I'm going to buy that. He, he, has, he has a long flowing gold locks, but he, he is the voice of reason in a world that is breaking down because people don't follow rules anymore. And then they start crying like, why does the world suck so bad? Well, it's because you guys don't follow rules anymore. And don't call me a homophobic slur. Uh, don't call me a homophobic slur. And don't keep on wiping off saliva that's not in your arm anymore two blocks down after you got licked by a dog. Man, you should have heard her, dude. I mean, the, the world ended, dude. I mean, she was like, oh, my God. It's ah. like, dude, you got licked on the arm. All right? Chill out. And it's your fault that you got licked on the arm. Don't sneak up on dogs. Don't sneak up on dogs. Uh. Uh, there, there's a lot packed into that one, and that was only strike two. So what's strike three? 
So <laughs> strike t- strike three is probably the worst of them all. I, you know, I feel like that dude in uh, um, The Princess Bride, right? Like, you know, the guy that says inconceivable all the time, and he goes on like these long these long spiels, and like, you're like my Andre the Giant, right? You're just going like, dude, what's the matter with you? Here's 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 what, you know, I was trying to relate this to, to something, but, and, and I kind of want to approach this, you know, not in a knee-jerk reaction or a gut reaction, but I think we need a we need to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick has nothing to do with baseball, but what he has to do with that is that he's an athlete. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna say this like right now. There is a general feeling that the U.S. public or Americana they want their athletes not only to be good athletes, but they want them to like take a stand against certain things, right? So. Here's the thing is that Colin Kaepernick, whether you agree with him or not, he has taken a stand. And you want to talk about hate that has come out from what he has said. I, I, I really want to kind of find out like how many people have actually like listened to Colin Kaepernick's explanation of why he's not standing for the national anthem. I've heard a lot of people say, and if, if I start going all over the place, you can kind of come in and start directing me. But I've heard a lot of people say that they respect his freedom of speech, but they don't, but they feel that the his method of action in terms of not standing for the national anthem on national tv or or you know whatever is going to be further down the road he he has taken the wrong platform to take they they respect him for what he has said but the way he's he wants to convey this message they don't agree with and i'm going to say right now that's a bunch of garbage okay if the if, if you truly believe in freedom of speech whether it's right or wrong because everything that's coming coming after this you know after Colin Kaepernick did it, you had the obligatory guy that has uh, burned uh, Colin Kaepernick's flag while the national anthem is playing, and he's he's saluting a, a burning Colin Kaepernick's jersey, jersey, which makes no sense, right? He wasted a lot of lighter fluid to, to light that thing on fire. Uh, you have this other guy kind of coming out and saying, you know, just kind of saying like, you know, you you make more money than I ever will, and you know, you're privileged and stuff like that. So f you, Colin Kaepernick. You know, it's like okay, so we have the f the f bomb guy as well. Then you kind of have like this, this, um, this kind of, I, I don't, I, and I don't want it, to, it's a certain lady and she starts saying like, you know, you're disrespecting, you know, you know, you're making this a black and white issue, which he didn't in the first place. Um, you're disrespecting all, all the people that all my family members that have served in the army, this, that, and this. All I'm going to say right now is that I defend Colin Kaepernick's right to do whatever the heck he wants to do in terms of when it comes to free speech. I don't care what the platform is. You, you can't pick and choose. All right. Freedom of speech um, protects everybody. It protects all the all the haters that you have you know, when you write a story and you have all these commenters talk, making personal attacks against you, uh, using um, totally illogical, uh, not illogical, but they're using logical fallacies to support their argument, just like they did with Colin Kaepernick. What I'm trying to say with this whole thing, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to bring myself into it, the other thing that you have that kind of surfaced over the past couple of days is that Colin Kaepernick, and like on August 10th, wore... Um, Character, characters of, of police officers in, like you know as pigs he wore pig socks. police officer socks right so and all I'm trying to say is listen to what he was saying okay he's he's talking about um, police brutality he's talking about um, how there's more how cosmetologists need to have more training than police officers do and now people kind of have a, they have they have this they have this fire where they can say like well he is wearing you know police socks he can't make this statement and then kind of you know make fun of police officers well you want to know something i live i have to live by the um dwb rule right driving while brown and whenever i get pulled over by a police officer 
I have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. So, and that goes across everything. And I don't want to make this like, you know, I'll, you know, poor me, this, that, and this, because I've had, I've had plenty of things happen in my life. I've had people of, of, of my race have been put in internment camps, right? So there's, there's all these things that happen. I'm like, live and let live. Let's make the world a better place. Let's start. Let's spark a conversation. If Colin Kaepernick decides to make makes this statement about he's not going to stand for the national anthem because of oppression, because of, of police brutality, okay, how are we how are we going to how are we going to better this situation by dissing out hate or listening to what he's saying and offering a a very valid um, response and a constructive argument to make him try to see the way that you want him to see. And if he doesn't see it that way, it's his right and it's his opinion. And hopefully somewhere down the line, he will have, he will have a moment of revelation or come to terms. Like I have come to terms being a minority in this country and living and being a productive member of the society. So that's my positive take as much as I can. I don't want to say like, you know, what I do or, you know, do I stand during the national anthem? Do I stand during, you know, the pledge of allegiance, whatever it is. If you want to find that out, um, I will tell you. Um, I'll tell you my reasoning why, but don't come at me with hate. And the whole thing is don't come with – if you're going to hate Colin Kaepernick for what he stands for which or what he doesn't stand for, okay, look at what the problem is. Look at the problem that's yourself. How can you become a better person from your gut reaction when Colin Kaepernick first came out with this, and how do you make the world a better place? Much more positive than I thought, man. I mean you, you made me a liar because I started the show. I said we weren't going to talk about Colin Kaepernick, but that's fine. Sorry about that. You know, it's okay. Uh, I think it was, you know, a valid a valid point of view. I'm not really going to to wade into it because I think you you said your piece, and I want to I want to listen to you and and think about it and not just like shoot back at the first thing that um, you know I either agree or don't agree with, which I think is the problem, man. I feel like people as a whole don't want to listen to each other. They only want to. Like they're just waiting for their chance to say whatever it is they're going to say, and let's not I, do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think it's kind of the culture that we have right now with social media. I mean, everybody has a platform to say anything, and there's a lot of power with that. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make you feel a certain way or make anyone feel a certain way, whether to support Colin Kaepernick or not. Colin Kaepernick or not. All I'm saying is like, slow down, right? Slow down, and what can you do positively to affect change? Because that's the only way we're going to get. It. That's the only way this world's going to work. I'll say this, and it's not directly um, in response to what you're saying, but to me, and, and I think this, this has been an underlying thing in a lot of the stuff that I've, I've said on this issue this week, whether it was you know a, a post I read or post I wrote on Yahoo or you know on my personal social media or whatever, but uh, I, I'm more fascinated, I think, by the way people respond to it than by actually like what Kaepernick is doing himself. Um, I think that the way in 2016 we process and deal with opinions that are not similar to ours. Um, You know, it's sort of a really interesting and and in some cases scary and in some cases encouraging, uh, I would say probably more scary than encouraging, thing that's going on in the world, you know. But I love to see kind of the way people react to things. And like I said, I feel like they they don't listen as much. They just are waiting for their chance to to, you know, look at somebody they don't agree with and then call them names and marginalize their opinion instead of trying to understand where that person is coming from. And, and you kind of did say this, so I'll back you up there. Um, and, and think like, okay, well, wh- what is this person's point of view on life? How is it different from mine? Why do they think that? And I don't know, man. I'm going to say there's probably not a ton of people out there like Colin Kaepernick. 
you know, in terms of, you know, what he's been through in his life and, and you know, his, his racial makeup and, you know, everything, everything that he has. So I think, you know, he probably has a perspective, um, whether you agree with his opinion or not, that is at least worth listening to. So I'll say that. And you are, you're going, you are going to face a world where there's a lot more multicultural people. I think me and you are lucky enough where we are multicultural uh, at a time when there wasn't a lot of multicultural person people. I mean, there were, there were, I'm not going to say that there never was, but I, I consider myself lucky being a multicultural person. Um, and what that, you know, and what that means, what that entails, like if, if it breaks down stereotypes, if, if, it, if, if there are people that have to, I mean, I think me and you have to, appro- we have to approach life and we can't cling on to a certain, uh, genre of people, right? Like, because it, it would conflict with what our other culture is. And we've kind of had to develop our own thing. And there's two ways to go. You can, you can hate, uh, you can blame, or you can say, okay, what can I do? What, what positive things do I have within myself, within my cultures that I have? And how, how can I be a better person? And, you know, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. But th- that's, that's the only way that, that I think this world can work. And when it comes down to it, Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants to take care of their kids. Everybody wants to provide a, bit, a better future for the generation coming after them. And I think that's what we really need to hold on to. Even even bad news ramen wants to be loved. Thank you for joining us, man. We'll talk to you next week for another installment of Three Strikes. All right, brother. We are back on the Stew Pod. Mike Oz and Chris Swick here with you. Thanks to Bad and Drama for joining us and uh, bringing, I would say, a little bit of Bad News Ramen ish to the to the show. I mean, I don't know. There's just not not many like him, Chris. Um, so important questions time. I know you have something you want to throw at me, man. So uh, let's let's get after it. Well, mine is general. It's not really a question, and uh, so I just lied. I will- like with general, it's not a question. It's not important, but it. I would say there's some importance to it. And uh, you mentioned at the beginning of the program we wouldn't talk about Colin Kaepernick. Oh. I I sandbagged you a little bit oh. because my general question is just uh, that football starts in a week, and we we haven't discussed it at all on the podcast. Uh, you are a 49ers fan, and so there's a lot going on there. I'm a Bears fan. Uh, we're probably both in for four seasons but i just wanted to get your quick nfl thoughts before uh before the season begins i actually didn't know the 49ers were a football team this year i thought it was just a oh, okay. political movement you know that's, that's what I was yeah. <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a big it's just a big battle about uh the the star spangled banner and, and and the american flag no, I, I'm, I'm somewhat excited about the niners this year um you know i think that if nothing else it'll be interesting to see what chip kelly does um, I, you know, I think that they have some, some decent players, you know, around the field. I think the defense has a chance to be good. I'm really excited to see what Carlos Hyde can do. Um, I, you know, I don't know what to make about the quarterback situation and that's probably regardless of, of Colin Kaepernick and, Gabbert, yeah, you know, I just, uh, we'll see. Um, I, I don't know that I'm probably, you know, super psyched about the Chip Kelly offense as much as I would be if they had a little bit of a different personnel, but I'm kind of excited to see what Torrey Smith can do. Um, I don't know. Well, you're, I'm, you're depressing me now. 
I, I don't why. I mean, I just not, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I've been, I've been sort of out on Tory Smith. I've been out on the Niners the last couple of years, so we'll see. Uh, I will say that you know the, the Colin Kaepernick thing probably is going to bring a degree of attention on the 49ers this year that I didn't think they were going to get. So um, it'll, it'll be intriguing to see. Although you know, there's probably a good chance that he's not even on the team next week, just the way things are lining up. So um, that could very well go away. So what, what do you what are you thinking, Chris? Uh, I don't have uh, high expectations for the Bears at all. Uh, I, I'm more excited for fantasy football and for my fantasy league to start up, and I'm, I'm doing doing that next week. So. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my excitement. I mean, I guess I've I've had a love hate relationship with football the last couple of seasons. I just kind of hate how the league operates and um and I I dislike Roger Goodell, but I keep coming back to it to watch and I think it's mostly for fantasy reasons at this point. It's just that's a habit I can't seem to kick. So, I don't know. I hope that my fantasy team's great, which I know people love hearing other people talk about <laughs> fantasy. So, um, no, that that's really it. I don't have a lot of expectations for the Bears, so there you go. How many how many games do you think the Bears are going to win this year? Six. Yeah, six sounds right. I'm sorry, I accidentally uh, muted you on my on my. I think you talked, but I think I just muted you on my computer. I did yeah? Uh, I said six games. Six games. Uh, that's actually it might be a yeah, be a little lower than I thought. See, I feel like the Niners may not win six games. So I was almost they thinking we should not. do some sort of bet. Right. But I think but now, I, I, think I would lose. Scared, so. Huh? Now you're scared, I said. Yeah. What, what would our bet be, Chris? I don't know. It's certainly Pokemon something. Hunting or something? I mean, we could certainly revisit it because they're not playing next Thursday. So we, <laughs> if we come up with something creative, we can we can throw this out there next week. All right, maybe, maybe maybe I'd have to like go Pokemon hunting. Yeah, you might. You you'd, have, might you'd have to listen to Future all day or something like that. Yeah, you could go like uh, you could do Pokemon Go, and you'd have to record yourself for like six minutes or something, <laughs> so we could see how well you did. I guess that that sounds like it could be could be something. <laughs> that could be entertaining. Jeez. All right. Well, um, we'll, we'll we'll let that end there. I'll, I'll think about it. Maybe maybe I will. I will. I will man up and, and go in a football bet with you, but I don't know, man. I'm not sure what to make of the Niners this year. Fair enough. Did Let's... you have an important question or? No, not really. I I, I, I wanted, wanted I wanted to, to sort that. of complain about uh my my kid is in kindergarten now and I wanted to complain about uh, taking the, the kid to school and dropping off and all that stuff and how crazy parents are. But oh yeah, that's. I don't. I don't know that that's a world I'm prepared to. Yeah, I don't, you're not. You're not the guy. Into. If you're, I, I talked about it on Instagram and Facebook, and that's probably enough. But let me just say this, Chris: if you ever decide to have kids, and uh, you get to that point in your life, man, just prepare yourself for the, the <laughs> kindergarten drop-off. Like I've I've seen stuff that I'm just like, how do you how do you think that passes for appropriate like street you know, behavior. Like, how, how are you going to park like that? You can't and do is that. This, this is just week one, right? Uh, we, we're in week two. We're week two, and yeah. you've already seen thing, unspeakable things, and we're, you're two weeks in. So. I mean, just, it's just like a, a lack of... Uh, I don't know. 
etiquette? Not not even etiquette, man. Like I don't know. I feel like etiquette is probably too too high of an expectation. Like it's just <laughs> decency. I'm like, yeah. What are what are you doing? Like why why are you parking like that? That that is not appropriate at any place. Like definitely not a school. You know. Like I don't know. I guess maybe I maybe I held the school um, in a little bit of esteem or whatever because there's a lot of kids around. But some people are just like gonna park their car wherever the heck they want. That's what I've learned this week, Chris. Ah, that's rough. I, I look forward to hearing what other old terrible man, things old man Mike Oz takes. Whatever, yeah, whatever terrible things happen to you, because like I said, <laughs> this is only week two, so it can only get worse, probably. I mean, I figure it's, now the, you got to figure the front of the year is the worst, though, right? Because that's when everyone's sort of like disheveled and not in their routine and don't know what to do and just sort of reacting horribly. Hopefully, these, well, these... for your sake, for my sake, I hope it gets more ridiculous and yeah. you're put into crazier situations. I mean, it's not. I'm not ever into any crazy situations. I, I keep my calm and do what I'm supposed to do. You know. For now, uh, for week two. I'm just, you know, I don't know. People be driving on the wrong side of the street and parking in the middle of crosswalks. Come on, man, do better than that. All right, Chris, tell the people what they should do, and if and if they're <laughs> one of the people who uh, is is creating uh the parking faux pas i I almost was going to say that really poorly they might give us a bad rating if i'm if i'm being mean to them but everyone else give us a good rating please yeah please rate and review us in itunes just um pop open the itunes app and type in stewpod in the search bar you should be able to find us pretty easily and then hopefully you'll give us five stars maybe write us a little review uh, it's helpful. It's helpful to us. It lets us know what you like and that you appreciate what we're doing. And that's a good thing. So parking, please do it. Parking faux pas. There it is. I, I almost had some real trouble with that one. I think you pulled I, it off. I, yeah, parking. I, I think I was going to say like farking faux pas or something. Parking, that would have been rough. Parking faux pas. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Stew Pod. We will be back next week with more baseball talk and more maybe a football bet. See you guys later. Maybe. Bye-bye.